You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> What up? Welcome back. Told you. Told you I wouldn't be gone for that long. Episode 26, Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone is staying safe. Thank you so much for tuning in. I apologize. We have been scattered as far as time frames in between each episode. We'll try to get on a consistent schedule, but for right now, it's kind of a weird time in the NFL. You know, draft stuff is over. Free agency stuff is over. Um, and we are looking forward to training camps, which are set to begin towards the end of July, um, July 28th, I believe. Uh, hopefully that happens. Hopefully they figure out a way to keep everyone safe uh, during uh, during the training camp and preseason periods, and hopefully uh, everything goes as planned as far as training camp, preseason, and the regular season as well. Obviously we can't predict the future, but hopefully, hopefully it all works out. A uh, couple things I want to talk about. A couple different topics. Um, you know, some news this past week in and around the New York Giants organization. First and foremost, we have an update on the DeAndre Baker situation. As we all know, DeAndre Baker, last month, accused of armed robbery and aggravated assault, both of the firearm, after an alleged incident that occurred at a May 13th cookout in Florida, uh... Miramar, Miramar, Florida police issued an arrest warrant. Baker turned himself in. Baker was then charged with four counts each of armed robbery with a firearm and aggravated assault with a firearm. And now we have an update because according to DMs, excuse me, according to TMZ and according to Bradford Cohen, who is one of Baker's lawyers, who posted on Instagram this week. Two witnesses have submitted affidavits to prosecutors. Cohen wrote in his in the Instagram post that he put up this week that the two witnesses state Baker, quote, was in their sight and he never pulled out a gun and never robbed anyone at the gathering, close quote. Cohen also spoke to TMZ and stated, quote, we believe that there is significant evidence to rebut any allegation any allegation made in the case in speaking to the witnesses and reviewing the evidence we gathered, my opinion has not changed that he is innocent of the allegations against him. Close quote. Now, obviously, this is a turn in the right direction for Baker. But don't jump to conclusions. Okay? Do not jump to conclusions. This does not mean Baker is going to turn out to be innocent. Baker is going to get back to the, the um, Giants organization as, you know, as... People know the Giants basically told them stay away from the virtual offseason program, which ended 
two weeks ago at this point. But they told him, stay away from the team, you know, uh, focus on the legal matter. So, but don't jump to conclusions and say this is going to lead to Baker's innocence. This is going to bring him back to the Giants. He's going to play. We don't know, okay? I'm hope I'm hoping everything works out. But we don't know how the ultimate how his ultimate fate will turn out. We don't know what the conclusion of the case will look like. Okay? Do we there there still could be information that we have no idea that hasn't been announced or reported yet, okay? There could be witnesses coming forward saying he did what he is accused of doing. We just have to, you know, yeah, two witnesses have come forward and say he didn't do it, but who knows who's coming forward and saying that he did do it? Or who's going to come forward, rather, and say that he is that he is doing it? Just because two people are coming forward and submitting affidavits doesn't isn't going to turn into him having all of the charges dismissed. Now, his legal team is confident that the charges will be dismissed, but as lawyers, you have to be. You're not just going to go on the record and say, "Yeah, we're not confident. He's got. We're not confident these charges are going to get dropped. My client, uh, who's paying me a lot of money, is going to jail." They're not going to say that. His lawyer, Bradford Cohen, is not going to say that. So we don't know how. We still don't know the ultimate fate for Baker. We don't. But nonetheless, this is certainly a turn in the right direction for him. You know, it's not going to lead to his complete innocence, but you know, it's it'll help. It, it helps his case. So, and I believe the NFL could still suspend him, even if the charges are dropped. I believe the NFL could still suspend him. So who knows if that'll happen? Um, but I wouldn't take a look at the, these this news and say, "Oh, two people have come forward and said he's in," and say that you know he didn't do what he's accused of that. Two people have come forward and say he didn't do what he is accused of doing. That's not going to lead to him being completely innocent and playing a full 16-game slate with the Giants. It helps, but we still don't know the entire story. Okay, I'm not a legal expert. I don't know who is a legal expert out of the you know, audience. I'm not working on this case. You're not working on this case unless one of Baker's lawyers is listening. I don't know. I don't know who listens, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't we don't know the whole story. Um, so, once more info comes out, we will know. But right now, um, this is definitely in favor of Baker's case, but, you know, you know we, we don't know how the, we don't know what the overall conclusion of this case, um, what it will entail. So, but moving on, a couple different Eli stories this week. Eli getting the recognition that he deserves and that he's always deserved after years, after a couple years now of, you know, criticism, criticism. You know, it's his fault. He's the reason that they're losing. He this and that. You know, he's the reason why the offensive line uh, has been putrid over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's his fault. Yeah. Give me a break. He is now getting. A lot of the recognition that he's deserved for a long time. And it starts with Ole Miss, his alma mater, is retiring his college jersey, his number 10 jersey that he wore for the Rebels. It'll be retired this September at Ole Miss's home game versus Auburn on September 19th. Hopefully that game happens. 
Um, I don't think there will be fans, but there's still a possibility that it'll happen. But we don't know. We don't know anything. We, we can't predict the future. But Eli will, it'll be, Eli's jersey will be the third jersey retired in Ole Miss football history. Archie Manning, obviously his father. Uh, his number 18 jersey was retired, and uh, Chucky Mullins' number 38 jersey was also retired. Uh, Mullins was a defensive back who played for the Rebels, uh, was paralyzed on a hit during a 1989 game versus Vanderbilt. He then died in 1991 uh, due to pulmonary embolism. Basically, he had uh, blood clots uh, that were caused by uh, inactivity and um, poor circulation. Uh, within his body, so rest in peace to Chucky Mullins. He was his number was also retired, but obviously Eli Eli was a stud at Ole Miss. Why do you think he was drafted number one overall in two thousand four? SEC Offensive Player of the Year, first team All SEC selection, and second team All American during that two thousand three two thousand three season, which was his senior campaign. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is fantastic. You know, I think it's a huge honor for, you know, a good football school like Ole Miss. You're, you're one of three numbers to be retired. Not to mention one of the other two is your father. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's going to be a fantastic day for the Manning family. Um, you know, maybe things, I mean, that's still a little under three months away. Maybe things turn for the better when it comes to uh, COVID and fans will be allowed at the games. Maybe not as many fans. You know, maybe they'll they'll limit the capacity. They'll shrink the capacity uh, in the stadium. But regardless, it's, it's going to be a great day for Eli and his family. You know, hopefully, if there's no fans, hopefully the game just happens, period. So... Um, yeah, and hopefully they televise that as well. And then the second, the second uh, recognition, the second um, I guess honor that Eli received this week, he won the Pro Football Writers of America 2020 Good Guy Award, which is according to the PFWA website, is given to an NFL player for his qualities and perfect. Excuse me. Quote is given to an NFL player for his qualities and professional style and helping pro football writers do their jobs. Quote. Close quote. Basically, it's saying who's the nicest guy to the media. That's <laughs> basically in my what what I'm seeing here is that's what it's saying. Given to the nicest person to the media, and so who better to get that award than Eli? Never said the wrong for 16 years. Never said the wrong thing. Never began any sort of controversy during, you know, post-game press conferences, even after a tough loss, you know, or a big win. Even after, no matter if it was the 10th loss of the season or a Super Bowl title, never said the wrong things, never started any sort of controversy. He was a classed act. There's no, there's no easier way, there's no easier way to say this. Eli was a class act. And that's why he's won the award. I'm telling you, he's deserved recognition for so long. On the field efforts, off the field efforts. And he's going to be continued to be honored for his on-field play and off-field attitude 
up until his Hall of Fame induction. Yes. Don't say he's not going to get in. Okay? He is 100% absolutely going to get in. And an argument that I loved about this was actually said when he, I believe it was when Eli, yeah, right around when Eli retired or announced his retirement. He, Colin Coward, obviously the host of The Herd on Fox Sports 1, said everyone gets in a different, gets into the Hall of Fame in like a different way. Everyone has like a different story. You can't write the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick story without Eli Manning. It's simple. You can't write it without, you cannot write the story, and it's so true, you, you can't write the story of the Brady-Belichick dynasty without including Eli Manning in there, not once, but twice. When it comes to the Brady-Belichick story, he's in there. Because of what he was able to do in those two games. Not to mention finishing 7th all-time in passing yards. 7th all-time in touchdown passes. You know, the two Super Bowl MVPs. The four Pro Bowls. The, you know, the Giants were one of the bottom teams in the league. When they, draft, when they traded for him after drafting Phillip Rivers. Who never... who. Who didn't win any Super Bowls, mind you. Um, took a bo- team that was near the bottom of the league. Their playoffs, not in 2004, but then 2005, 6, 7, and 8. Uh, and then back again in 2011, back again in 2016. So it's... There's many reasons why Eli should make it. And first ballot? I think so. I, I I think so. I think, and I've said this before, they usually release the times, I think, when the committee comes together and meets and goes back and forth on who should be, who should get in and who shouldn't. I think they usually release the time spent discussing each player. You know, a couple years ago, Ed Reed, I think, was like a two-minute discussion. Surprised it was even that long. Should have been two seconds. And then, like, Ty Law was longer. Him, you know, people going back and forth on whether he deserved to get in. I think Eli's discussion will be the longest in history. Longest in history. I don't know what the longest is, but it's going to be longer than that. I mean, there's such an even-sided argument when it comes to his chances at a first ballot Hall of Fame induction. I just... I, I, I think it's going to be the longest. I think he should get in, and obviously I'm hoping he'll get in. Um, I mean, I, it'll be the longest... When I say longest of discussion, I mean like his first year of eligibility. First ballot. So in 2025, when... The committee meets in 2025 to see if he's getting in first ballot. That'll be the longest discussion. I think he'll get in anyway, even if it's not first ballot. But I, I, I that first ballot discussion is going to be excruciatingly long. There's just so many arguments 
for either side, whether you support him getting in first ballot, whether you don't, there's so many different arguments. And I think he's one of those few players that actually may have hurt his chances by playing more years. If he retired after 2016, if he let, if he he threw what 35 touchdowns in 2015, made the Pro Bowl, and then I think if you look up his stats, I believe in 2016, which is the year they went 11 and five, made the playoffs. He had yeah 26 touchdowns. I think if he retired after the 2016 season, it it would have he would have gotten he would have gone first ballot 100 percent. I think he may have hurt his chances by playing those three more years. Or at least, you know, the 2017-2018 and then four games this past year because of, obviously, Daniel Jones coming through. Um, so, I, I think he may have hurt, harmed his chances, but, I mean, who knows. It's going to be an excruciatingly long discussion. Very long. And I, I hope it works out for him. I hope he gets... He ultimately gets in, but I am not on the committee, unfortunately. Uh, but for that, thank you so much for tuning in. I know, quick episode. You know, I'm going to try to do maybe a quick uh, episode every now and then just to get some news out and do some, obviously, the regular episodes will be longer, but this is just a quick one. Uh, just to discuss some news, discuss the Baker case update that we got, discuss the Eli news. And, you know, give my take on everything. But for that, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 26 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, uh, and I think basically almost anywhere else you can get your podcasts. So thanks for tuning in and talk to you all soon.